Welcome to Tigers in 20 Off the Boards, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast hosted by lead writer Christian Fowler, where he brings you the latest interviews with players, top recruits, coaches, and more in both football and basketball across the city of Memphis and around the nation. Here is your host, Christian Fowler. And now joining me is former Memphis Tigers quarterback who leads all time passing yardage and touchdowns, Danny Wimprine. Danny, how are you doing, man? I'm great, brother. Appreciate you. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. So first things first, Danny, uh, you played quarterback at the University of Memphis for four years. You've seen a lot of guys come through since then. What is your verdict on Brady White? I, I'm very interested to hear multiple opinions on Brady. So throughout his career, what have you thought about him so far? Well, I think that uh, Brady has slowly earned my respect. Um, uh, I really like the quarterback that he is today. I think that he's he's playing at a very high level. Um, I think that the, the teammates respect him, <clears throat> and I think he is uh, doing everything that he needs to do to play and, and win games right now. Um, I, I enjoy watching him, especially the other night, um, on such a big stage where the, the fans showed up in a big way. I think it's uh, it was an unbelievable night for the Tigers, the Tiger fans, the, the city of Memphis. I think it was fantastic. So <clears throat> I can go into it a lot more with Brady, but I think he he uh, is is learning the system. You know, a little bit of last year, I thought that he was. Uh, and I hate when people use this term, so I hate to even use it. But a system quarterback, you know, that we could we could kind of get the ball out in space with the athletes that we have now, and he could you know kind of do the long handoff uh, passes, that sort of thing, and had a little bit of. Uh, a hesitation, I guess I would say, of trying to make the tough throw or throw the ball down the field on a big matchup and make the big throw. I think that's all changed this year. I think it's all changed uh, in the last few weeks. I think now he's challenging himself um, and his teammates. You know, he has a uh, plethora of athletes out there. So I think um, if you trust those guys and they trust you, you can get a lot done offensively. Um, but last year I just wanted to see a little bit more of the moxie and I think he has now a little bit more of the toughness of, you know, getting guys' faces, being able to run the ball downhill, uh, you know, a little, challenge himself a little bit more with his throws. And I think lately he's done that, and uh, and you can see that it's paying huge dividends, and the, the team is obviously responding as well. Absolutely, and you mentioned the last few weeks, and I think if you rewind the clock to the Temple game, people were calling for his head. People wanted Brady pulled, turned the ball over four times in that game. Was I, I mean – just honestly, the reason they lost that game, if they don't turn the ball over four times, they more than likely win that game. But the last three weeks against Tulsa, Tulane, and SMU, 985 yards, 10 touchdowns, zero turnovers. What has been the key to the turnaround? You mentioned moxie and confidence. Is it that or is it a combination of things? What has what has been the turnaround? What has caused this turnaround, turnaround from Brady White? Well, I think obviously Coach Norville does a good job of not giving him things that he can't handle. And, uh, you know, and, and as, as the fans, uh, I hate to say that they need to relax a little bit, but um, quarterbacks have bad days. You know, Aaron Rodgers has bad days. Tom Brady has bad days. Drew Brees has bad days. It happens. I had plenty of bad days when I was there. You know, I, I tried to force the ball in there a little too much, a little too often sometimes, you know, and I really like to challenge it and make the big throws and the tough throws. And sometimes that's going to happen, you know, but, uh, that's what the definition of a team is, you know. Um, that's why you have those guys on the defensive side of the ball having to try to get you the ball back. 
um, forcing people into turnovers and things of that nature. So, you know, when you had one, when you have one bad game, I think that people need to understand that this is still a young man that we're talking about. that's still continuing to learn, still continuing to grow up in this system. He's only been here for two years now, uh, playing, so or a year and a half now, um, playing. So I, I think sometimes people need to take a deep breath and just say, hey. Let's see what happens next week, the week after, and, and continue to push forward. Now, obviously, the uh, the great thing about Memphis right now is the expectations are so high. I mean, just like you mentioned, if we don't have that loss to Temple, God knows where we are and where we're ranked. Um, so I, I appreciate that, but I also think that, you know, sometimes people need to understand that, uh, you know, these are just these are just kids, these are just people, the young men, and, and you make mistakes and you have bad games. And uh, it's how you respond to that. And like I said, I don't think Coach Norvell is going to give him anything that he can't handle. Um, and he challenges him each and every week on the practice field, I guarantee it. Um, but <clears throat> to see that he that he's made that turnaround in the last few weeks has been uh, exceptional. You know, and like I said, I think that he's making a lot of those tough throws, trying to fit it in there, throwing the ball down the field. These receivers are unbelievable. I wish they had some guys like this back in the day. They're just making plays all over the field, especially, uh, you know, it's not bad when you have a great running game as well with a couple guys that could tote the rock. So, um, you know, it's exciting to watch. And I think the fans have, uh, you know, nobody should be questioning him now because he's uh, playing at a very, very high level. Absolutely. And when you look specifically at the SMU game, I mean, this was the biggest game of Brady White's career, I would say, uh, at this point. I mean, I know the conference championship was huge. Um, but everything leading up into the season met at this point. You know, this is really, if they lose this game, they could drop out of contention in the AAC West. Uh, so this is a huge game, primetime, ABC, national spotlight is on Memphis, and I think a lot of people were really curious to see how Brady responded. Came out 350 yards, three touchdowns, made some incredible throws. You can point to multiple throws that game, uh, whether it was the fourth down conversion to Calvin Austin on a post down the middle of the field. Uh, he made multiple back shoulder throws to DeMonte Coxie that he wasn't able to make last year. He made a throw uh, when Memphis was backed up into their own territory to Antonio Gibson, dropped it right over the linebacker. So like I said, there's multiple throws you can point to that were, that were big boy throws. They were not dink and dunk passes. He was spreading the ball down the field. How impressive was this performance with the spotlight and with the expectations? Well, I think it's huge because that, that's exactly what you want to see out of a uh, big-time quarterback. You know, the fans, the coaches, how is he going to rise? Uh, how is he going to rise to the occasion? And how how is the team going to respond with him? You know, as a quarterback, the team goes as you go. And that's how it's always been. That's how it's always going to be. You're the leader when you step out onto that field. So to see him rise to that occasion after being – meeting with the college game day guys. A lot of people don't understand about the pressure that's involved with being a big-time college quarterback and have to go through the interviews. And, of course, when you don't have a good day, the cameras are stuck right in your face, and you have to know what to say, and um, you know, and you have to forget about it and move on. So there's a lot of pressure there that comes with being a good quarterback, especially in big-time football. And I think that he rose to the occasion, and that's the type of game that the people wanted to see to where he could take the next step where everybody on the field believes in him, he believes in everybody, and they're continuing to move forward, like you mentioned, to where they could see really how far this team can go. Because, uh, <clears throat> you know, everybody saw the other day they were in their uh, Magnifico called it shirts, and, that, you know, that's, that's, that's classic. But like I said before, if, if they beat Temple, you know, sky's the limit. So right now I think the whole country is taking notice and obviously understands that that was an off week for us. 
Um, you know, so we'll see what happens. But I think this is the type of game that he kind of needed to get the national attention on him, on this team, and uh, couldn't have come at a better time. You've mentioned multiple things that I want to hit on, and first is the response. You you talked about Brady and the way that he's responded uh, after the bad play and after the way the fans reacted. And I think mental toughness is a great way to describe him because he could have folded at multiple points this season. He could have folded at multiple points last season. And I have to imagine that it's difficult being a 20- or 21-year-old kid uh, and hearing all these people say different things about you and still having to come out and perform at a high level so what do you think about Brady's mental t- mental toughness and how he has responded throughout this season? Because he definitely he definitely could have heard the noise and, and folded at multiple points. Well, here's the bottom line. Back when I played, there wasn't a Twitter, you know. I just got on Twitter last year, as you know. and uh, but, but, you know, we didn't really have all the Facebook and the Twitter. And I heard the things from the newspaper and from the stands and things like that. But you have to be mature enough about your business to understand that the only thing that matters in this room are these hundred guys that, that bleed together, they sweat together, they believe in each other. And I think if you could block out all the negativity and move forward and you could continue to have the respect of your teammates, you're going to press on and play well. And I think, obviously, like I said, over the last few weeks especially, um, he's done that. You don't, you don't lose respect of your team by, by not playing well in one game. You know, it just, just doesn't happen. So all the outside criticism and all the uh, – you know, the, the, the negativity from people in the public, that doesn't matter. 99% of these people never strapped up a helmet before. So they don't understand what it takes to be, like I said before, a big-time college quarterback. So it takes a lot of mental toughness, like you mentioned, to block it out, continue to move forward, understand that tomorrow's a work day. Let's go back and watch the film. It's usually never as bad as you think. It's usually never as good as you think, and you got to move forward, continue to work hard, and uh, and keep this thing going because that's, uh, that's what they're doing right now. They're, they're working and hitting on all cylinders and, and going with a full head of steam. It's fun to watch. Another thing you mentioned that I think is a great point is the running game and Kenny Gamewell, which from anyone's perspective has been incredible to watch this season. But if you rewind the clock to when you were at Memphis, you also had a great running back for two years in D'Angelo Williams. Um, and I and I have to imagine that that helps a lot. And when you think about – and I know D'Angelo wasn't as involved in the passing game as Kenny Gamewell is, but I, th- but I think that's really helped Brady because when you look at the two-lane game – uh, when Kenny Gainwell goes over 200 yards receiving, that's really when it looked like Brady's confidence started to build, when he knew that he had another guy that teams weren't game-planning for that he could attack them with. So how much does it help to have a back you know, like D'Angelo Williams or like Kenny Gainwell as a quarterback? Oh, it's it's huge. I mean, football, <clears throat> and, and you can talk to anybody, you, you really, even if you have a great passing attack or a great running attack, you have to have the ability to stay somewhat balanced uh, because if you don't, obviously defenses can crowd the box or, or obviously come in with dime and nickel packages and play uh, and play coverage all day long. So you have to have the ability to throw the ball and to run the ball very efficiently. Um, and to have a guy like Gainwell, I mean, my son, my son's eight years old. The other day he said, man, Gainwell's my favorite, my favorite player in the world. I said, man, that's, that's pretty funny, you know, that, that it's come full circle and now my little boys are starting to talk about college athletes. I thought that was pretty funny, but it's a nice combination to have a quarterback and a running back, and then you throw in the receivers that they have as well. I mean, you can't key on one guy, you know. you, you, you Third and ten or, or, or second and ten or, or third and eight, these situations, people don't know how to attack. 
and defenses don't know how to attack. They don't know, um, you know, whether to line up or to bring pressure against the quarterback. Um, if you're going to throw a screen pass, or if you're going to hand the ball off, or if you're going to flip it outside to one of your receivers, or maybe they might even go deep because you've built up that confidence to be able to do anything in the ball game at any particular time because you have so many playmakers all over the field. They can't double coverage a guy. They can't really, um, you know, roll coverage to a specific person. You can, but when you have a mature quarterback that understands the defenses, he's going to be able to take advantage of that. So it's so vital as an offense to be able to be balanced um, in the passing game and, of course, the running game as well. Absolutely, and and you mentioned having all these weapons and not being able to double cover, not being able to shade a safety on one side of the field because there are so many weapons. And coming into the season, it it wasn't like this. You know, Demonte Coxie was viewed as the number one guy, and then it was a, a few unproven guys. I think people expected Pop Williams to to have an extended role, as you know, because he was involved last year. He goes out early with a knee injury, and then everyone's kind of looking around, and you have Antonio Gibson, who has been impressive since he stepped on campus and has finally put it together. Uh, Calvin Austin, who's a track guy, who has finally gotten involved in this offense and, and doesn't necessarily get a ton of targets a game, but when you have that threat of a deep a deep threat guy with a ton of speed, I think that – Make safeties think about it. Makes think make safeties guess on on what's coming. Um, so you know, in depth more, how much have Antonio Gibson and Calvin Olson and some of these weapons come along really helped Brady spread the ball around and not just lock in on one guy? Yeah, you're exactly right. And you don't and you don't have to design plays that are just one side of the field. You know, it, it, people that understand football a little bit, half of college football. I think most people don't try to put too much on quarterbacks. You know, they, they might want them to – it might be like a force-fed screen or a jailbreak screen to the outside and they're flaring it to the running back or they're reading one side of the field. Uh, you know, and if you don't have it, you're throwing it away, you're trying to run the ball. I think when you have all of these assets at receiver and at running back, and then let's not forget about the tight end as well, what a valuable asset he's been over the last few years. But – I think just having the ability to be able to flip it out to anybody, and not only that, them to be able to do something with it after the catch. Um, like I said, you don't get yourself into a situation where you're turning into a nervous play caller or when a play is called and it's a tough situation, the offense gets real tight and you have to have one guy step up and make it. There are a bunch of different players that are able to make big-time plays in big-time situations, and that's really what we saw the other day against SMU. You're able to spread the ball around, and that's really what Brady's job is, to give the ball to the playmakers, no matter if it's something long or short, take advantage of your opportunities against uh, good defenses. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's going to be there, sometimes it's not. But these guys can make something out of nothing. And like I mentioned, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Moving away from Brady a little bit and focusing more, more on the offense as a whole, um, with some of the stats that, that these players have put up, when you look at the two-lane game, Kenny Gainwell becomes the first player since 97 to have 100 rushing yards and 200 receiving yards. Then against SMU, Antonio Gibson, 130 receiving yards and a touchdown, 97 rushing yards and a touchdown, and a kick return touchdown. How incredible is it for you as a as a former player and as a fan now to watch you know, how far this offense has come and to see them as one of the best offenses in the country? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I wish we had some of these players and then uh and some of these coaches when I was there to be able to put in some of these schemes and, and be able to take advantage of it. But obviously I love the guys I played with. Um but it is a lot of fun. Uh you know, people love offense, that's for sure. But I also think that you gotta give a lot to the defensive side of the ball too. They're playing well, have a lot of playmakers over there that, you know, cause uh you know, cause things to happen and get the ball back. And then you look at the third phase of special teams. Anytime you can get points uh, you know um, they're not free points because you work the hell out of it but anytime you can get some uh, points that or don't come from the offensive side of the ball or even defense uh that's huge for uh you know winning big time games i mean i always say that you know big time games are usually decided on turnover ratio and special teams and when you can score on special teams it's it's huge so i think that uh you know as a former player it, it's definitely electric the offense that we have now um, special teams coming in there as well, and then the defense doing what they do. It's it's a lot of fun to watch, um, very explosive. And the biggest thing about it is I think these guys have an understanding for what the coaches are trying to get done, and they're obviously implementing it on the field and making it happen. I mean, you could you could have the best scheme in the world, but if you don't have the horses to run it, it's just not going to work. And I think these guys over the last few years have really bought in to what Coach Norvell and the offensive coaches are trying to do, and it shows on the field. And then looking at the program as a whole, what has it been like watching from Justin Fuente to Mike Norvell, watching this program be rebuilt and then to have Saturday? You know, what was that moment like for you when you found out college game day was coming, when you see a sellout, the largest crowd in the history of the American and the way that the Memphis fans showed up uh, to support the team and to be a part of all this? What What is that like for you? Well, I mean, it almost brings tears to the eyes, to be honest with you, because I can remember um, my freshman year when when we didn't really have many people in the stands, and all of a sudden we give them a winning product and people show up. In my junior year, we go to the New Orleans Bowl, and I think twenty five or thirty thousand people make the drive to New Orleans to be in the Superdome with us for our first bowl game in forever. So, if you give Memphis a winning product, you give them something to be proud of. They're going to show up, and that's what I love about them. They were always there to support, and 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 honestly, even when we weren't doing well early in my years, there were definitely some people that were just loved the program. They loved the school, and they were going to be there. But I think as a city of Memphis, you give them a winning product, they're going to show up and support you. And it's been tremendous to watch from afar 
um, especially when you have a big-time game. I mean, a lot of teams around here are spoiled, like where I'm from, you know, in the SEC and, and you know, LSU and Georgia and teams like that in Florida. I mean, college game day might come to their campus once every couple of years, you know, and it's not as big of a deal as it is for us. But, I mean, when you can mention something like that in recruiting, you can have those recruits at the game, you have a sold-out stadium, you win a huge game, man, I tell you, the program's on the rise. Exactly. And and last point that I want to ask you about is, you know, you have all these things, obviously, and it's it's incredible to have game day. It's incredible to have a primetime game with Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit calling the game because it just doesn't happen here. And then to see this team on a national stage do what they did, uh, it, was, and it wasn't by any means a perfect game, but no turnovers. Offense went crazy. Defense made plays when they had to. Did you ever think that you would see Memphis on a national stage like this? Um, you know, I'd like to believe that when uh, back when we were playing, and then I was hoping that it would be something we would build on. And then I think the program kind of took another dip for a few years downhill. And then back when they've been on the rise over the last few seasons, I definitely think that it's something, you know, you get a bounce here, you get a bounce there, and, and you get the right players on campus. It can definitely happen to where you're in the national spotlight and you're in the mix for doing something crazy, you know, to be one of those – eventual BCS busters to where people are talking about you uh, on those late, um, those late uh, bowl games. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's a testament to the coaching, the, uh, the university as a whole. And obviously the biggest thing is uh, the type of players that we're bringing in. You know, you got to have the recruiting, you got to have the guys that, that are there to help out and make it happen. So I've been super, super proud to be a Titan. There's no doubt about it. Well, Danny, thank you so much for joining me and giving some great insight on Brady White, Memphis' offense, and the program as a whole. I really, really appreciate it, man. Christian, thank you, buddy. Keep in touch anytime. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tigers and 20 Off the Boards. If you enjoyed this interview, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information.